Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker and we appreciate you joining us here today as we get set to talk the 2021 NFL Draft. I know the last couple of episodes we have been diving into what the Titans are likely to do. We'll touch on that some today, but I mean everyone's kind of getting ready for just round one in general and we thought we would keep this episode to be some more of the bigger storylines that are surrounding the NFL draft and we'll get into all that but before we get started I want to ask do you believe and believe in Titans is presented by bet online bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action bet online has you covered for all the news scores and odds it's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And Denard, I was looking at BetOnline right before we recorded, and I have some questions. I'm just kind of curious to get your thoughts. There's no right or wrong answer, but to go to the NFL draft section of BetOnline, I just find these conversations really intriguing because I mean you're an SEC guy I'm an SEC guy how many SEC players do you think will be selected in the first round I'm gonna go let's see 32 players in round one I'm gonna go with 12 12 and a half is where they set the number so you're kind of you're right there wow uh, the money uh, minus 200 on under 12 and a half players so that's kind of where the the public is at as well so that's a it's a good response by you and the last one I had on this, but again, you can check out all these lines on Bet Online. But it has to do with our Tennessee Titans, and the question is: Will Tennessee draft with their first pick whenever this comes? Whenever the Tennessee Titans are on the clock first, will their first pick be a defensive player or an offensive player? Defensive player. Odds are saying defense minus one seventy five for defense, plus one thirty five for offense. And D, that will transition me into our next part of the show as we get going I have pretty much come to the conclusion that I want the Titans to draft a cornerback or a wide receiver in the first round just looking at who should be available by the time the Titans get there I'm leaning towards that being the selection again whenever you're in the 20s kind of anything goes a lot of times we're able to kind of get to the first five picks and have a pretty good idea at this point as far as who is going to be selected Trevor Lawrence the presumptive number one overall pick to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number two, Zach Wilson going to the New York Football Jets. And then we have the San Francisco 49ers picking third after that big trade with the Dolphins, and the Dolphins moved around some more. But it looks as though, D, your boy Mac Jones, he's going number three. That's right. That's where where we're at. It's where, it's he might go at. number two. That's that's just no, right now speculation. No, no well, I, I disagree with you. If I had, if I had, we know where I you stand. I know. Thank you. I know. We know okay. where you stand. I'm not going to rub it in. So let's. I don't want you uh, 
between you and Phil, I just really want to rub it in on you two, but uh, I'm not going to go into it because we know Thursday what's going to happen. And Mac Jones, who? Mac Jones will be in that conversation about who the Jets will make a great. I would love the Jets if they make Mac Jones the second pick of uh, this year's draft. You're not feeling the Zach Wilson love? No. No, not I'm not. And, okay. And first Fair. of all, I'm, I'm really disappointed in you because. In me. I, mm. Yeah, because yeah. I, I'm at this moment, I, I do not believe. Uh, you didn't ask me how I was doing today. And usually every show, you you always ask me, D, how you doing? You know, you got a fair point. I just kind of <laughs> dove in, man. Like I, I told you. I know. It's one of those shows where I just. You're ready. I'm ready for the NFL draft. And so I, I overlooked that. That's but okay. I will I will throw that question to you now, even though it might, might seem hollow. But D, how are you doing? Well, you know what? I'm actually doing really good today because uh, my LSU Tigers just signed arguably the greatest coach, I don't care, men or women's, other than uh, G- Gino Ariema and the late Pat Summon, who's, you know that name quite well. That's arguably one of the greatest names in sports. Kim Mulkey, if you are listeners, you don't know that name, that's probably probably right now uh, one of the best uh, women's basketball coach in the world. She's that good. Basically led a Baylor program the three national titles and a long-term long-time assistant at Louisiana Tech for 15 years and uh she's going back home to South Louisiana and uh right now LSU is on fire so I want to say congratulations to the Lady Tigers and to uh that university for making a huge hire. So, it is it is a big hire but Denard if I I had known you were going to take the conversation to basketball I just never would have asked you how you were doing. I know. And then I also <laughs> want to say congratulations to uh, and, and I bet you you don't know this name. I love just getting you. I love your face uh, when you're just like look puzzled. But Marissa Maori, I want to say congratulations to her. God, I, I'm just so excited for her right now. And I'm looking at your face, and I love it. You don't even, you don't have a clue that, who that is, do you? I'm just gonna sit here in silence. <laughs> Marissa Maori just married Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> oh. You don't think she's happy right now. Congrats to her. She's about to have a very big payday. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, if I was her right now, man, I would be really excited. <laughs> He's got a lot coming. So, oh, man, it's a good transition point because we're obviously, when we look at the first overall pick, we've kind of discussed it over time. Like We've kind of presumed that Trevor Lawrence is going to be this guy. So now the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be getting a guy that the Titans are going to have to see twice a year, and obviously they're getting a new coach as well, and Urban Meyer, who I'm very interested to see how that plays out. I think I've made my opinion well-known about Urban. I think he's a good coach, but when the going gets tough, he um, fakes an injury and gets out of the profession. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens whenever he has the full 17-game slate of the NFL, and he doesn't have a team full of perennial All-Stars. So, But if you are... Jacksonville, I mean, you got you got several options. Obviously, you got the first overall pick, but I mean, then they're on the clock again, the twenty uh, fifth pick via the yes. Rams. So, yes. but you know what, you know what, and I don't mean to cut you off, D. Nah, go for it, buddy. And so, what I want to tell our listeners right now, and everybody's speculating this for Thursday is Trevor Lawrence is going to be the first pick uh, in this year's draft. Now, let me let me just say this as a former player and, and a guy that's been, you know. I know about that business inside and out. You can be a great, you can be a quarterback, right? And you can be taken first. But if you don't build around him, 
you're in trouble. And so one thing about Coach Myers is he is when I when I when I truly believe he is a great coach. And the first thing that he's going to do in that first round is it's not so much of Trevor Lawrence uh, that's going to make a difference uh, in that organization. You know who's going to make really a huge a huge difference as opposed to which uh, which way that organization goes. You know, and I'm going to throw this out there. It's going to be that 25th pick in the first round. And they're going to go after, at least in my opinion, they're going to go after an offensive tackle. And a name that's been uh, swirling around there, you know, you know, this name is Christian Barnmore. That might be the X factor uh, for this football team. Because if you don't have nobody to protect the quarterback, go ask Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. We love him to death. But you know who Cincinnati's getting ready to draft? Big man out of Oregon, Panay Sewell. You know, everybody knows that you got to have somebody to protect them. So that 25th pick in the first round for Jacksonville, that might be the difference that put this team uh, in the playoffs somewhere down the line, you know, year two or three. So look at that pick in the 25th. So anybody yeah. out there, look at that 25th pick. It's, it's an interesting pick. I actually, as I've been kind of going through just some random mocks and seeing kind of where I'm expecting guys to fall, I mean, I've seen a lot of different options. And right now I don't think the Jags are set whenever you're looking at their tackle situation. I mean, their offensive line has not been good. And it, it's a team really, though, if you look at it, we know they're going quarterback first, but there's really no position that's off limits for that team. They need to just really have a reset across the board. And anything in every position is open for a battle for for that team right now. So, again, we kind of talk about when you're looking at the AFC South, what are they going to do? And I, I'm kind of with you, D. I mean, I've told you before, my three most important positions whenever it comes to football, you got quarterback number one, your offensive tackle, or an edge rusher is two or three, depending on how you want to look at it. Look at it. You have a guy to protect the blind side and then have a guy get to the quarterback. I mean, it all kind of stems around what you can do with that quarterback position, whether you're protecting him or you're trying to tackle him. So I do expect the Jacks to probably fall somewhere and going for a tackle if there's a good one that slid to him at that point or going with an edge rusher because that's around that same point, several picks after the Titans are slated at 22 to where I think those edge rushers are going to start going off the board. I mean, that's that's a good thing to kind of be on the lookout for just as we know this is a Titans show, so we kind of talk about the Titans and the teams that they face multiple times a year. I ain't too concerned about the Texans whenever it comes to the draft, seeing as they don't have any draft capital. Uh, they no. would have a very high pick if they didn't trade it to the Dolphins, but uh, we've we've chronicled that disaster that was general manager B.O.B., Bill O'Brien, but now the Colts, they're at 21. They're right in front of the Titans, so did they pick a guy that the Titans like really have their eye on? Do you see the Titans or the Colts trading back? A lot of questions, a lot of uncertainty as far as what is going to happen, but again, that's why we love the draft. It's so much intrigue. And you're building for the future. I mean, this is the part, D, you always talk about it, man. you got to have hope. And hope starts with quality players. So can you get those guys to come in? And then, I mean, we look at it, other things go into account. When you look at the Titans last year, man, we made it one year. And our first-round pick isn't even on the roster still. That's right. He's making rap music. Did you listen to his uh, music the other day? I love it. Yeah. I really wasn't going to bring it up. He had a... Yeah, he had a verse in there about you. Yeah, I'm sure it was probably talking about the haters or something. I don't yeah. Know, yeah, but uh, Isaiah Wilson um, put out, uh, I guess, like a, I don't know, it was like a 30-second clip of uh, his new new song that I guess he's trying to have a career in, in the music industry. It's rough. 
And Andy, I, I would like to keep that conversation there because I don't have anything nice to say. Okay. So if, if you're fine with it, I want to ask you a football question. All right. What are you most intrigued or most excited to see whenever it comes to this year's draft? Well, I always like to see the first pick. You know, it's just something special that that young man can take with him for the rest of his life. And I look at, you know, when Colin Murray went first overall to Arizona, I mean, it's it's crazy because I actually watched him in high school when Baker Mayfield went first to Cleveland. You know, it's amazing because I watched his career when he was at Texas Tech and I watched him at Lake Travis High School down in uh, out of the Austin area. And so it's just a really fun time because with the draft, it offers hope to an organization that's been down for a long time. And we know that anytime a team picks in the first, let's see, the first five, that means that team hasn't been that good. And it was a down year last year. But what that draft pick offers that organization is hope or there's help is on the way. And now you look up in 2021 and now Cleveland might be the team next year that a lot of people are predicting might represent the AFC and next year's Super Bowl. Isn't that crazy when you think about that? But that's what draft picks offer you every year. They offer an organization hope. And what you hope for is that they pan out. <laughs> and there's nothing worse than a draft, a pick in the first round. And if you look at New York, uh, what happens is if that pick don't pan out or don't play like they're expected to play, uh, what happens is it can set an organization back somewhere two or three years. You look at New York with Sam Darnold. You know, you go off, you take him very high. Uh, it was a 2017 draft, I believe. Okay. Maybe, so you, maybe 18. 18. I'm sorry. 18, 2018. Yeah. What was it? The third pick of the 2018 draft. And then all of a sudden, look, you fast forward it, you know, a few years later. Now you got, you know, your head coach, you got a new head coach because when it's, when that draft pick don't pan out, uh, guess what? Usually the head coach is out of the door as well. So it's a lot of pressure, you know, when you draft a young man that high uh, in that first those first 32 picks of the draft because they expect those players to come in and be ready right away. That's the difference between, say, first round or a fourth or fifth. When you go first round, you're drafting for needs. You're drafting for needs right now. And usually in the later rounds, you kind of like that, that young man can be a project. What we're going to do is develop him. And Jacksonville knows that, you know, listen, if we're going to go number one with Trevor Lawrence, we got to go at that 25th pick. We got to find somebody to protect him because when he comes in here, he might be the starter from day one. And, you know, so, yeah, it's a lot of pressure. But again, that's why you love this game. That's one of the reasons we love to look at the draft, because those are your future Hall of Famers. Those are your future Pro Bowl players. And and I love just to see the maturation process a young man takes from, say, year one to year four. I watched Baker Mayfield, and it's it's like a totally different player when you know when he first came in, you know, and then you looked uh, at this 2020 season. It's just like it was a breakout year. He looked like the same Baker we saw at Oklahoma, and the reason you know for that is again they got a great coach in there, and Kevin Stefanski, who uh, knows how to not only coach quarterbacks but he knows how to get the very best out of them. So again, this is, you know, if you're Urban Meyer, Robert Saleh out of New York, if you're the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan or you Atlanta and Arthur Smith, you know, God, you, you're looking and saying, man, 
my this pick uh, really will determine my future with this organization. Yeah, I was going to ask you, D, because obviously Arthur now with the Falcons. Yeah. Falcons have the fourth overall pick, and we've established that the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. So really, the the Falcons. That's where a lot of the insiders are saying, you know, this is where the draft really starts as far as like what we don't know at this point. And as, as we're looking at it, like the, the Atlanta Falcons are getting up there in age. Whenever you're looking at some of their star players, you look at Matt Ryan, he's on the back end of his contract or of his one, his contract. And then on his career, Julio Jones, there's conversations about them trying to trade him, but his contract great for Julio, not great for a team that's wanting to take it on. And so do the Falcons make a move and send Julio somewhere. One, if you're curious if the Titans are going to look that way, the Titans don't have the money to do that. Just again, like I said, that contract is very nice for Julio, not great for a team wanting to take him on. But do they draft Kyle Pitts? Is he the first not non-quarterback off the board? Or do you think that, well, if we're moving on from, from Julio, do we go and we get his replacement? Do they take Jamar Chase? Well, you have to ask yourself if you're, if you're Arthur Smith, do you believe in Matt Ryan? You know, that's the first conversation that you have to have right now. Do I still believe that he's the player uh, that can take us where we eventually want, we want to go? And that's to a Super Bowl. Do I believe in him or do I believe that his value has diminished over time? You know, those are questions that every organization, they have to basically take a long look at themselves. And it's hard. It's, it's, it's hard because Matt Ryan has such a set the tone for that organization for a long time. He's been the face of that franchise, you know, on and off the field. I mean, he does a lot in the community in Atlanta. And the thing about it, you have to ask yourself, this is my, when Arthur Smith, get, when he signed as a head coach, this is my time. This is my team. You know, this is my team now. I am the head coach. And do you say, listen, there's a Mac Jones or Zach Wilson or, or Justin Fields, you know, some young man who's 21, 22 years old now that I could deal with. Do I want Matt Ryan? Do I want a versatile quarterback like a, like a Ron Tannehill? Do I want somebody that can run? Do I want somebody that can literally, you know, he can be identical uh, to Ron Tannehill because he understands what he wants in his offense? Well, Do the, you think that that's a possibility? The name I'm hearing if the Falcons were to go quarterback was a guy that you'd not mention. And that is Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. They've been fielding calls as far as trading back just to see what the, I guess to see what possible currency they could get there. But again, that's that's a situation to where it's like, does anyone feel confident enough to trade up to the fourth spot knowing if they're looking for a quarterback, the top three options are likely already off the board. So will the Falcons get enough return on their investment if they were to move back? Or if they do like, we'll say, Justin Fields or Trey Lance, who are the two quarterbacks expected to still be available, come pick four. I mean, do you think you could move back and then get them a little bit later on? There's just no one really has much of an idea as far as what or how things are going to unfold. And so it's just making it difficult to really kind of pinpoint how things are going to end up falling at the end of the day. That's why there's 259 picks. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, you know, it, it's like this. It's it's kind of a hit or miss. And the way I see it, you know, I go back, I go back into the olden days and when the Titans, which is the inception of the Titans organization, this is when they became the Tennessee Titans. They transitioned over from the Tennessee Oilers. You go back to that draft, 1997, when they were the Tennessee Oilers. They draft, they went with Big Kenny. Then they went after Kenny. 
they went with second pick was Joy Kent out of the University of Tennessee. And then their third pick was a young corner out of LSU named Denard Walker. And then their fourth pick was Scott Sanderson out of Washington State. Now, you think about it. Then they also, in the fourth round, they end up getting a young man out of Michigan State by the name of Derek Mason. Now, out of the four guys that I just mentioned, there's one that is going to be up for the Hall of Fame. That's Derek Mason, their fourth rounder. And so, again, that's the greatest um, part of the draft is that out of the 259 guys, sometimes it's the guys that is in the first round. They might not, they might not be your, 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 your gym. I like to call the draft in the later rounds your hit and gym. And that's where we might end up finding that next Tony Romo. We might end up finding somewhere a great player. You think about Dak Prescott. You know, Dallas got him in the third round. And now you talk about the highest paid player in the National Football League. You got a Dak Prescott. So, you know, again, I mean, that's the greatest thing about this game is that there's, there's what, number one, and there's 200, and then there's 259, mystery relevant. Somewhere between uh, number one and say like uh, in 2000, when New England ends up, they get some young man out of Michigan who didn't put up really huge numbers by the name of Thomas Brady. And then all of a sudden you fast forward to some 20 years later and he's considered the goat of all time. David, you just don't know, you know, and that's the greatest thing about this draft. It's always somebody that we least expect that ends up having a Hall of Fame career. No, I'm with you. I just, man, I just, I'm really interested to see what the Titans do. And again, like uh, John Robinson seems like the type of guy he's going to take the best available player. Uh, the last couple of years, you've not exactly, we've not lost as much in free agency as we did this past season. Whenever you look at a lot of the skill players that one are gone off the offensive side of the ball and then two, the guys you had to cut on defense to kind of make some cap space. But I at least feel good that the wide receiver position is very deep in this draft. Another storyline just to keep an eye on is everyone's wanting picks for next year. They're talking about the amount of talent coming out of college next year that will be in the 2022 NFL draft is one of the best that they've ever seen. And so when you look at that, that might limit whether teams are willing to trade future picks. Again, it's all a gamble, and you're kind of looking at what is going to happen. Yeah, you know what I'm anticipating, and and I'm going to say this, is that I do believe that this 2021 draft, when I really evaluate it and I look at it from a Titans, you know, from watching this team and being being able to study this team inside and out, and they need a pass rusher now, okay? We kept last year, I don't know how many times we talked about the lack of production and getting to the quarterbacks. We, we, didn't, we talked last year, we just continued to debate, you know, about, you know, the defense end position, the lack of uh, pass rush. We kept the lack of quarterback sacks. And so everybody in Nashville has been talking about that. Everybody, every writer in the league has been talking about that. So just like in 1997, when I talked about we end up getting Kenny Holmes out of the University of Miami, I'm anticipating at that 22nd pick, they have to address a need right now, and that's the lack of a pass rush. Now, you go out and you do get Bud Dupree in free agency. You address that. Of course, you drafted Morel Murchison last year in the fifth round. I uh, didn't play a lot, but we got a lot of productivity out of Derek Roberson and Harold Landry. You have to think about building for the future as well. We both agree that we do like Azizi Ajalari out of Georgia. 
We like Russo out of Miami. That can be a huge possibility, but you have to get someone in here right now. That's see, that's the thing about the first round. The first round is about addressing a need right now. Jacksonville is addressing a need right now um, in that organization at the quarterback position. They're not sold on the Minshew mania. So they know we got to go out there and get not only a, a quality first rounder, but we got to get a young man that we can build around. Tennessee needs a defensive end right now that they can build around like a Javon Curse in 1999. And you got to get somebody in there because that can make the difference between you getting to the Super Bowl or you basically uh, taking an early exit out of the playoffs. So, again, that was a I don't think that was the X factor last year, uh, especially in the Baltimore game. I thought the defense played well, but you have to get somebody in there now. I do think when you look at the secondary of Gordon, you draft Christian Fulton last year in the second round. You went out in free agency and you got the Jack Rabbit, Janoris Jenkins, and then you got Kevin Johnson um, from Cleveland, who last year basically put on a show in his ability to cover A.J. Uh, last year in that game against Cleveland. I mean, basically, they shut down our receivers, Corey and A.J. So, you know, he's not what I call a, a glorified uh, third down uh, defensive back. He is a quality defensive back that can play and give you some really great minutes. What you have to do now, if you're the Titans organization, is that you have to build on the future. The future in the NFL typically is four years. We saw half of the guys in the 2017 draft, like Corey, they're gone now. <laughs> you know, you, you, we talked about that. They didn't resign them. That's the future. You know, can I get somewhere between four years, somewhere between four to eight, if they're lucky? The way free agency is today, four years is the max and the guy's gone if you can hit it in free agency. So, I'm just, I'm excited, but I do think right now, uh, Ajalari, Russo, Quiddy Pay could be a possibility. He could be there at that 22nd pick. You got to get somebody in there right now that's going to make, uh, he's going to make some noise and he's going to be disruptive. So I think defensive end and then somewhere down the line, you think about it in the second round. Again, we're talking about, you know, uh, the big player out of Stanford who we both love. We talked about him last week. Say his name for me. I love when you say that name. What are you talking defensive back? Yeah, defensive oh, back. Uh, Paulson. Paulson Debo. A Debo. A Debo. So the thing about it, what I like about Paulson, if you're talking about even Kayla Farley could fall somewhere into the second round. Dude, that's a possibility. That's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, uh, I don't uh, actually. I'm glad you mentioned that. Drew Rosenhaus, his agent was talking. They don't expect him to go past 20. Uh, he is battling some injury concerns. If he didn't have those injury concerns. He was a guy. I think I mentioned this last week or two weeks ago. He's a top five player in the draft if he didn't have those injury concerns. But now there's possibility that he falls into the middle of the pack to the later end of the yeah. first round. And if I, I said it like if, if for some reason J.C. Horn or Caleb Farley fall to the Titans at 22, I would want to see them draft those guys. Like that's, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident in those two players at the defensive back position. And if they fall to the Titans at 22, I feel like that would be a steal for the organization, and I would I would pounce on it. Yeah, but you know what? It's all about, again, needs. So what you're saying is you're not really sold right now as far as when you look at the defensive backs with Christian Fulton, Chris Jackson, Breon Borders, Janora Jenkins, and Kevin Johnson. I know right now we keep talking about you know having that number one corner come in like a Deion Sanders, but again, when you are looking in the NFL, you're going to take some growing pains. That's just the way that the nature of the business works. Oh, so if true. you don't, and, I, and I'll say this all the time, I don't care how good you are at a defensive back. If you don't have no edge rushers, guess what? 
that allows a quarterback to sit back there all day long. And, and we, we like to call it uh, baking a cake. And if a quarterback is able to bake a cake on a defense, that's not good for a secondary. So one of the needs that you need to address, we saw Tampa Bay last year uh, in that Super Bowl. They basically play what I call a conservative zone zone type of coverage and, and going against Mahomes in that offense. What they did was, but you saw their edge rushers, you know, Pierre Paul, we saw their interior line, you know, like Sue was able to generate a lot of pressure in that game. That's what you need. That's really was the difference between Tampa Bay winning that game against Kansas City. And then in the back half, what you do is allow your, like Devin White and those guys just to drop in a zone. They played really Todd Bowles. Todd so Bowles, what, right. yeah, he, he did a master, masterful plan because what he was able to do is he basically played the game with about six defensive backs, like a dime coverage. And basically they just play zone, zone in the back and let Kansas City come right into the zone and just tackle it. So let Patrick Mahomes have three or 400 yards passing, but you only had nine points in the game. That's how you win. You win with your interior, uh, players. That's your defensive line. And that's what you have to address if you're Tennessee. That's what's going to get, that's what's going to put us over the hump right now is getting a disruptive defensive end. I, I hear you, D, and I will combat your point. And I agree at some point they need to go edge. But based off of how free agency ended up going for the Titans, when we were having this conversation earlier before free agency started, one, we didn't know that the team was going to release both Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson. And we didn't know that they were going to go out and spend big money for. Bud Dupree. So after getting Bud Dupree, I think the play opposite Harold Landry, obviously if one of them go down, that could spell some problems for the team. But right now, I just, you've invested long-term in Bud Dupree. You don't have a long-term investment at the cornerback position. And that is why I think I would possibly lean going with the cornerback over an edge rusher in this draft in the first round. Now, granted, I mean, there's a lot that can shake up and I think if you have a player on your board that you just view as so much better, you take them over maybe what your position of need might be at the biggest. But again, like there's there's just all these factors we have to take into account, and that's yeah. that's where you're gonna have to have J. Rob be confident in his decision at the end of the day. That's why nothing we say is gonna happen, <laughs> you know, because again, when you're talking about the first three rounds, that's really where you're addressing your needs. Last year they talked. In the Tennessee, we talked about secondary. They went out there. They addressed it in the second round with Christian Fulton. That's really these first three. And you got to think about it. Uh, the Titans in the first five rounds, they get six picks. So you get, they get two in the third round. So somewhere between that second and third, you could have players like Greg Newsom, who many of us were thinking they're going to go off the boards early. That might not be the case. There's all The one thing about the draft is, is it's a lot like the league. Expect the unexpected. So somewhere in that second round or that third round, we might have uh, a, I keep saying their name, Adibe from Stanford, or you might have a Greg Newsom the second there. That could be a possibility, you know. I would, just, I would like to see Asante Samuel. Asante He'll Samuel be there could be there at that at the that number two. And then, and when you think about it, 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 like I was made reference to Richard Sherman, you think about the Legion of Boom. They go out there years ago and they were able to draft a young man who was converted. He was a play receiver the first three years at Stanford and they converted him over to cornerback. And I like to, I, I feel like he's had a Hall of Fame career, Mr. Richard Sherman, by the way, but you get him in the fourth round. 
And so that's what I keep telling people all the time is that don't look so much at the first one and two. Look at round three, like the 75th pick years ago uh, for the Seattle Seahawks by the name of Russell Wilson. You're going out and you're getting quality prayer. Think about where Brett Favre, you know, he was a second round pick in, uh, for Atlanta and then gets traded to Green Bay. That can be a possibility. You just don't know. And you can go out and you can draft a guy. I use Tony Mandrick as an example, you know, in that 1980-1989 draft. You think about it. The first five and the first five picks, Tony Mandrick was second, but the four guys that went, um, the first, excuse me, in the 1989 draft, you had Troy Aikman that went first was a Hall of Famer. I think Dion was a Hall of Famer. Tony Mandrick was a second pick. He never panned out, you know, really never played a game in the National Football League. He played roughly one year in 1990, but he just didn't, it, it just didn't work out. That happens all the time. But somewhere down the line, you might get that hidden gem. I told you, hidden gems are in the later part of the draft. You talk about Stephon Diggs. He was a fifth-round draft pick, you know, years ago from Minnesota. Then you talk about Antonio Brown. He was a sixth-round pick. You know, we talk about that all the time. That's where your gems come. Remember, Davey, it's not so much of the first two that you go out and get. Really, what's going to determine, if you look at this Titans teams last year, we had a lot of players, think about it, that was not even drafted. That really was the uh, the X factor of this team really, you know, moving on and being able to get, in, you know, play well into the playoffs. We saw Cam Baston, who was an undrafted free agent. We saw Nick Westbrook Ikene out of Indiana, un, an undrafted free agent. And those, and now they got Nick Westbrook Ikene. They're thinking he's going to be a starter next year. So that's just the way it works in this business. It's just, you know, you never know. You never know. It, even you said they was very high on Akine. They got him penciled in. Oh, I, I, I know they're very high on Akine. I'm not saying it, it won't it work out happen. as far as him being a, a big time player, but I, I need to have some more reassurance as far as like, just think, I mean, even if he is starting and he goes down, like they, they, they need a lot of help at the wide receiver position. And, but D, I, I know we're up against it for those who, curious, we will be doing a show immediately following the first round. I should have led off with this. But um, the NFL first round or the first round of the NFL draft Thursday, April 29th, 8 p.m. If you're curious where to watch that, ABC, ESPN, the NFL Network. You can stream it on the NFL app, the ESPN app. D, before we get out of here, man, I know there are a lot of things that could possibly happen. But since we will be meeting again before the second round starts, I need three names that the Titans are going to take with the first pick that they have. You're gonna yep. put me on the spot. We talked guy, over. We'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Let's see. I'll go first if you'd like. Yeah, you can go first because I don't even know. All right. Uh, let's see here. First off the list, give me Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Ole Miss. He's been moving up the draft boards. Second, Greg Newsom. I think he'll still be there, defensive back out of Northwestern. And then my third, yeah, we've been high on him. I think he might still be there. Give me Aziz Ojolari. Edge rusher out of Georgia. Those are my three. You really want to put me on the spot like that. I'm yep. going to go. I didn't tell you I'm, about this because I wanted to put you on the spot. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go Ajilari in the first round or Russo. I think okay. they both would be there at that 22nd pick. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised if Cordy Pay is there at that 22nd. That just depends on what they're looking for. Yeah. But if I had to choose over Cordy Pay, uh, Ajilari, 
uh, or Russo, I'm going Ajilari. I think he's the best player out of those, out of those, you know, speaking of those three guys. Okay. In the sec, I feel like. You don't have to give me your second picks now, man. Good. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted the first one. We'll meet, we'll meet beforehand. So I'd like, okay, good. Like, oh, I'm man, going like, with, I'm going you, with What do you think I was going to make you do? Have to do like a full seven round mock just then? No, I was going to make up something. <laughs> <That> <laughs> no, but I, I, I'm, I'm sold. I'm sold on Ajilari. He, he, he's my guy. Okay. Well, you heard it here. But that is going to do it for us today, Denard. Thank you, as always, my friend. We'll be here immediately following the draft. I'll get that podcast posted. I'm going to say the draft immediately following the first round of the draft on Thursday night. But stay tuned for more. You have been listening to Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along to keep up with all the latest Titans information on Twitter at Believe Titans. That's B-L-E-A-V-T-I-T-A-N-S. And hey, if you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.